Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with Max Linden. Max is a second-year student in our class of 2020, and he is also the Darden Student Association president. Max and I sat down recently to talk a little bit more about his background, what he did before coming to Darden, why he decided to pursue an MBA, uh, what he's enjoyed about his time here, as well as his advice for prospective students. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Max Linden. Max, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brad. It's great to be here. All right. So tell us a little bit more about you. What, what's your background? What did you do before you came to Darden? Yeah. So before I came to Darden, I was in Washington, D.C. for seven years working with a uh, primarily on government-funded international development projects. So if you can imagine foreign aid, we were doing work at the firm I worked at uh, primarily on projects with, which we called democracy and governance. So if you can imagine things like anti-corruption initiatives, promoting free and fair elections around the world, decentralization. Uh, it was really interesting work. And I got into that because I had studied political science and Spanish language in undergrad. And I really wanted to get into a career that would let me leverage my knowledge of political systems as well as my language. Um, and so I, I had fortunately come into this role and been staffed on projects Primarily in Latin America was exactly what I was looking for um, and worked on a variety of interesting uh, different um, projects in Mexico, Colombia, Peru, Paraguay, flying around the world um, and really loving sort of the when we would win new projects, we'd have this really intense sort of starting up a new project, iterating on how we work in that environment um, and getting to know new culture, new business systems, new cultural contexts that could affect how we do business. Um, which left me wanting to learn more about how business is conducted in general. And that's where the MBA comes in? That's right. So um, I had been doing that for several years, and I had gotten to the point where, again, those sort of intense early phases of the project where you'd be out in the field and you'd be working with a team out of a hotel room or conference room thinking about how do we – because I was, I was a project manager, and so they would – when we would win a new award, they'd hand me the contract and say, Max, we've never worked in Columbia or maybe we have worked there before. Go out there, figure out how to get us registered as a business, open up a bank account, um, onboard all the staff that we need and really get this show running. So you can imagine that's a very sort of rapid um, – an intense period of work. And then we'd get past that and it would mostly sort of be, okay, let's put out any fires that happen. Let's monitor our budget, make sure that we're delivering on schedule. So the work was very intense and then it would sort of become very sort of um, stable and less intense. And I asked myself, how do I spend most of my time doing this sort of thinking about business problems and thinking about how we can do things better and working in that high-intensity environment, how do I make that all of my job instead of just 5 to 10 percent of my job? Um, and so I had done a bit of research and I learned about management consulting as a potential career path, um, and it aligned with a lot of the things that I was looking for. But I recognized very quickly that with my background in political science and Spanish and sort of public sector adjacent work, I, I had some gaps in my knowledge that I really needed to fill in order to get that enterprise perspective I was looking for to be able to be a strong candidate for one of these management consulting firms. So that's what started me down the path of looking for an MBA. So was starting a school you always knew about? Was it one that sort of popped up on your radar as you did your research? How did you learn about Darden? Yeah, great question. Uh, it did pop up on my radar as I started to do my research. So as I mentioned, we were in the D.C. area. 
Uh, I am married. I actually met my wife through the work I was doing previously. She was also based in D.C., and I started by casting a wide net around sort of the D.C. area, you know, several hours within that range, just to look at what are the programs that I could be at where it wouldn't be a requirement for my wife to have to move because I felt like it wasn't fair for me to put that burden on her. Um, I think she would have moved for me if I had asked her to, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to frame things that way. And so I started doing my research, and I said, "Let's see what's in that range." And then, if I want to cast a wider net, and I'm not finding what I like, then I will. Uh, and looked at a number of different schools, and uh, of course, found Darden very quickly um, because it is quite close to DC area. And I fell in love. Uh, I mean, the number of things that resonated with me about the school. Just, you know, I'd start doing research on the website and I'd look at other resources and I kept having these sort of moments where I'd stop and say to myself, oh, 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 that's really interesting. You know, I really love that and that that aligns with my objectives. And so um, so a couple of things really stood out to me there um, that a lot of people talk about when they talk about Darden, specifically the commitment to academic rigor and the case method. And after seven years being out in the professional workforce, I just couldn't imagine myself being in a passive learning environment. I wanted to be engaged. Um, people who know me well know that I, I like to have a rigorous debate and conversation. And so I felt like that was an environment where I would thrive and I would push myself to be engaged. And, and then I came to Darden and I saw what that actually looked like. And I saw that at a number of other places. And I was blown away by by the experience. There was, you know, I walked into a room for a class on accounting, which I remember being slightly disappointed when I came for my visit and I was put in an accounting class and I thought, ah, you know, how interesting could a, an accounting class be taught in the case method? Um, and it was, I'll never forget, it was taught by Mark Haskins and uh, who's been with Darden like 30 years now, Jedi master of the case method. And I, uh, the case was uh, Giverson's Glass Studio, which is a case that's based on a local entrepreneur in the Charlottesville area who is blowing glass and is having some accounting trouble. And he just, he went straight into the role as Giverson. And the students in the classroom were like consultants advising him. And he was this entrepreneur who didn't know anything about business, but had these ideas, you know. And so in seeing the professor act as a character and how much I was learning having not had the luxury of reading the case before being there, I walked out of that room knowing a lot more about the subject matter, um, made me think, wow, this is a place where I could really be transformed. So that element of it was really important to me. I think the next thing that really appealed to me was sort of how Darden has a very general management perspective and it teaches the whole enterprise and the core gets you that exposure to these different aspects of business. Um, because I saw myself at some point in my future wanting to be a general manager and I wanted to fill those gaps in how does the business succeed um, that I just didn't have knowledge about. And then the last thing that really appealed to me coming from a uh, career in foreign aid and doing good for the work and uh, or for the world um, through work that I, I really felt good about, Darden had a unexpected level of commitment to business ethics that uh, really, really resonated with me. Um, you know, through my research, I learned that it was the first school to require an ethics class as, it's, as part of its core curriculum. Um, 
you know, I think that we're typically thought of as more of a primarily a teaching institution, but in the area of research on business ethics, we're one of the best in the world. Um, and so that, that meant a lot to me and learning more about figures like Ed Freeman um, and his research and how his ideas have sort of pushed things forward in the area of business ethics meant a lot to me. And I, I wanted to be at a place that I felt like that was infused into the curriculum. Well, stakeholder theory, uh, stakeholders, uh, you start to see that language used more and more by uh, your Fortune 500 companies, your leading CEOs. Uh, that's obviously one of Ed's big, big ideas um, and just incredible, the sort of evolution from it's all about the shareholder to it's about stakeholders. They were talking about how shareholder value isn't the gospel anymore, right? And I'm, I'm sure Milton Friedman was sort of rolling over in disgust, but um, – but it, 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 you could see this permeating the, the sort of zeitgeist of business thought right now. And I think that's a good direction that we're going in. I think it, it reflects the sort of conscious sense about capitalism that people have in, in, our, in my generation. And, and you see it, it driving up into the way that leaders are thinking about how they run their companies now. So you'd mentioned um – being out uh, out in the workforce for seven years, uh, you came back to school. Probably been a little while since you'd had homework and, and reading. Obviously, you, you had a you had a, a job and you had a lot on your plate. But um, imagine school was a bit of an adjustment, or coming back to school was a, an adjustment. What was it? Uh, that's just a, that's a guess on my part. Yes, certainly an adjustment. Um, I think it's it's you know after so many years in the workforce, it's hard to think about. Having a different schedule from, you know, sort of a Monday through Friday, uh, regardless of the hours that you work, it's, it's different. You have a little bit more degree of control over when you spend your time working, although the first year at Darden in the core tends to be very intense. Um, and for good, it's, it's actually, it's a really great thing because, you know, I always tell students when they're interested in Darden that, it is a transformative experience. Part of that is the intensity that makes it so transformative. You're, it's almost like a language immersion program, but in in the intuitive thought of business, right? You come out on the other side, and it's not like you've just learned a bunch of tools or you know some some vague concepts. You come out with a really fundamental understanding of the things that drive capital markets, or the way to think about cost drivers in you know an area of operations and. Um, you know, how to make a business be successful. Uh, it just becomes a part of you. And I remember, you know, I've been taking core marketing. I was probably at the end of the first quarter and I couldn't look at ads the same way, you know, because immediately I would think, who's the segment that they're targeting here? And why did they make the choice to put that person on the ad? Or, you know, why this, this channel to present the ad? And so, um, so very transformative, but very intense. Uh, and so it was an adjustment for me. And I think out of that came a better set of skills around how do I manage my time? Um, how do I decide what's important for me to invest my energy in? Um, and, and what is good enough? Uh, all skills that I think are extremely valuable for me as I think about my future career. Um, because you've got to be able to prioritize. Uh, to be a successful, to be successful at any point in business, but also as a business ex- executive, you know, if, if I've learned anything, it's that there are a million areas on which you could focus your attention to make your business better, but you've got to choose a couple if you really want to make some significant impact. So I think that's one more way that it, it may not be advertised is how the the way that the Darden curriculum is structured helps you be more prepared, but it it does. Well, your point about 
managing your time. Uh, I've had a lot of these conversations with our executive MBA students, but it's true for any Darden student. You can't do everything, and you have to develop that idea of, like, what is necessary for me to be ready for this class? Mm -hmm. You know, to be able to walk into the room and have a perspective. And what is just over overkill, right? What, what might be a nice-to-have or, you know, if I had more time? I think that's a really important skill for a leader um, because you have to be able to relentlessly prioritize. No, this is the important thing right now. I can't focus on these other things. I'll get to them, but this is what should be taking my time right now. That's right. That's exactly right. And and in my summer internship, I was in consulting uh, over the summer, and it was exactly the set of skills that helped me be successful in my summer internship. It, um, you know... There's always going to be an opportunity to dig deeper into the weeds, but there's only so many hours in the day, and you've got to be able to deliver results on, on short timelines. So the the thing um, that I talk to a lot of prospective students about, and I get a zillion questions about it, uh, because it doesn't plainly say what it is, is, is obviously the case, me- case method. And it sounds mysterious. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people have not had a case experience. Uh, they may, maybe they've been to a case discussion in, in networking reception that we've had as a prospective student event, but they, they wonder what it all means. Um, I've been asking some of your classmates to sort of explain how, the, how they explain the case method, to talk a little bit more about that. How would you explain the case method to a prospective student? Wow, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think it's true. You know, I sort of think of it as a concept that's familiar to me. But if I had somebody who had never understood or heard anything about it, I think what I'd start off by saying um, is that these are all real scenarios that we're looking at. And that element of realistic context helps you get into the moment and say, this is a challenge that I could actually face. And so you're given a situation that's been faced by some real manager Right in the past where they've had to make some kind of executive decision in the face of a problem. Um, and you are breaking down that problem and analyzing what's the information that matters to me to make this decision. Uh, and sometimes you're given a set of uh, exhibits which include some real business numbers or maybe they've been disguised because it's a, you know, a real company and they haven't given you the exact numbers, but fundamentally the insights are the same. Um, And you go through and you use some kind of new analytical tool that maybe you've learned or maybe you're about to learn it, but you're faced with this problem and you say, how do I decide if I'm going to, um, you know, invest in a a new Target store in Pennsylvania versus one in New York City, right? Like, what are the benefits and what are the, um, the downsides to those two choices? And I think what's really fascinating is so you spend this time individually, reading about this case, coming up with a hypothesis for what you think ought to be done, learning a new tool, hopefully, for how to break that problem down. And then you go into, this is how we do it at Darden, you have a learning team that you sit down with and you you present your ideas and you debate them with them. And as you're having this discussion, you're developing that deeper and deeper understanding about the subject, that deeper and deeper intuition. And maybe you don't get all the way there to a solution by the time you're out of your learning team that you love. You know, maybe you're still sort of, I'm not totally sure. I feel like we're moving in the right direction. I've got a sense of how to analyze this, but I've got two or three options and they all seem like they're good for certain reasons and bad for others. And then you go into the classroom. Um, And now you're in a room with 
probably nobody from your learning team, but 64 other people that you are, you know, who've all read the same case and have all come up with their own sort of conclusions. And you have this discussion that's led by a professor. It's, it's, it, I would say, even more so facilitated by a professor who's reaching around the room and calling on students and getting them to drive this discussion forward towards what is the decision that we want to make. Um, and I think what's What's really great about that is that because we're all coming from different places in our pre-Darden lives, we bring different perspectives to how we're analyzing and breaking down the problem. Um, and we bring a different level of understanding. You know, So there are going to be people in the room who are feeling really confident about a subject in one course and they may be less confident in another. And so the whole room starts moving forward together. Um, and by the end, you come up with some kind of understanding and insight and decision about how you're going to address the issue, but you also consider the broader implications of that for the business. And I think that's what the case method allows you to do more than anything else, right? I'm not looking at an investing decision in the abstract. I'm looking at an investment decision in the context of a specific manager at a certain level of the organization that is dealing with a certain economy, market environment, competitive threats. Um, and that's that's what we're really going to do when we leave this place. That's that's what being a manager is about. You're not just making decisions in a vacuum. Um, so I think that's very powerful, unique aspects of the case method. Yeah, that's a tremendous explanation. I think the thing that has struck me in all the student answers is that sort of accountability of like, you got to be ready to participate and somebody's going to ask you your opinion, but that's going to be the case for the rest of your life, for right? The, yes, for the rest of your life. And I think this is certainly a great program for people who do like to speak up, but I think it's an even better program for people who haven't yet found their voice because it's a safe environment, safer than any environment you'll find in your future career um, to be able to get out there and practice articulating and defending your ideas with people who want you to succeed. They're going to test you, but they want you to succeed. So I think this is a great program, and I think a lot of people come into Darden not feeling comfortable with getting that you know cold call, right, being, being called on without expecting it in the classroom or, um, or having to, you know, just get in there and participate. But, but people do. I think it's interesting. After I, um, you know, I went to a number of company events throughout the recruiting process at Darden, and after several months in the core, um, I would go to events with, uh, you know, students who weren't from Darden, and I, you know, the companies would say, to anybody have any questions? And I couldn't help but raise my hand. Right? It, it just becomes a part of you. You want to get in the mix. You're thinking about how do I contribute to this conversation? What are the questions that I really need to answer to walk out of this room more confident and comfortable than I was coming in? So you're now in your second year, um, coming off of a, of a summer uh, experience, and you've taken on a leadership responsibility, which is uh, pretty common path for a lot of second-year students you do see. Um, that's been one of the running themes here in the second season of, of the podcast, uh, talking about leadership opportunities at the school and how much students drive and direct the, the community here. Um, so you're president of the Darden Student Association. Uh, we had your predecessor, uh, Tom Gonzalez, on uh, last year. Fantastic guy. Um, unbelievable. Uh, great friend to the admissions uh, team for sure. Um, what attracted you to this role? I mean, you obviously got a lot on your plate. You're doing a lot of things. Uh, DSA president is uh, a pretty significant commitment. What, what attracted you to the role? Yeah, a couple of things. So first was I really wanted to give back to Darden. Um, I think, you know, by the elections happened sort of towards the middle of the third quarter. Um, and by that point, I had been so 
impressed by how much I had gotten out of being a member of this community, uh, both personally and professionally. I'd, I'd really grown in my, the way that I think about things. I had developed close bonds with the people around me. Um, and I just felt so invested in Darden. And, and I, I had a recognition that part of what makes it what it is is student leadership. Uh, that's not unique to Darden. It's actually sort of a value that the University of Virginia has. Student leaders at this university are extremely empowered. Uh, I've never seen a place like it. Um, I learned that, you know, if, as a student leader, you really do have a whole lot of leeway to do, to make change. Um, and, you know, so you, and you see that through the things that happened. Like this year, we totally overhauled the orientation program for new students. And that was done through feedback to the administration on the academic side and then through the student side. Um, we... Uh, we've implemented a number of small um, uh, cosmetic improvements. We've we've installed some new furniture. We overhauled the appearance of the uh, one of the coffee shops here at Darden. So it's students as leaders get a lot of uh, you, you have a lot of opportunity to make this place better for everybody else. Uh, and I came away with a strong recognition that the people who came before me did that. They helped build the community into what it is. The second year students when I was a first year really helped me on my journey. And I couldn't think of a better way to repay the debt of service that I felt to Darden than to take on a leadership position. So obviously you have a platform to do a lot um, uh, with the Darden Student Association, that sort of rare student organization that serves everybody, everybody here. Um, What's what's on your agenda? What are your goals for the year? Yeah, great question. So uh, I think the big things that we've been thinking about are how do we continue to foster the sense of community that makes Darden so special? Um, and so we started with, as I mentioned, an overhauled orientation program to really help students acclimate to Darden, um, manage with some of the, the stressors that come with being a member of a new community, uh, help them to understand that this is a place that's going to support them. Uh, and cares about every single one of them, um, even when they're feeling not as great and certainly through the times when they're feeling great to celebrate them. So that was a big part of that. There's some initiatives around that what, that I'm looking at in terms of student communication. Um, right now, uh, communication is very fragmented across a number of platforms um, like uh, uh, WhatsApp, GroupMe, um, text messages. Uh, it's hard for students to create easy ways to communicate th to each other um, you know, be it over email, et cetera. And so I'm looking into, is there a platform like Slack or Microsoft Teams that we could implement for the entire school that everybody would be in that would make it easier for them to self-organize into groups? Like uh, maybe they don't want to create a club for watching movies, but there's a group of students who love watching, you know, uh, action flicks and they want to get together on a regular basis. We can make that a little easier for people to set up and then for other people to know, hey, that group exists. I want to be a part of it. How do I join right in, you know, with these public chat channels and things like that. So that's high on the list for me as something that I'm looking at. Um, I think the other thing that we've been looking at is how do we continue to make dining really great at Darden? So um, there's been some major overhaul of Cafe 67, which I mentioned is a, the, one of the coffee shops here at Darden uh, in terms of the overall student experience. One of the big achievements we had this year is we got uh, the costs there reduced by 25%. Um, which was great, uh, means more coffee for people, which is certainly needed. 
lots of we've changed around some of the food options. So there's a little bit more fresh, a little bit more healthy options. Um, working with the um, food service provider to see if we can bring in some local businesses to provide pastries. So there's a great pastry shop in Charlottesville that uh, we've been talking with about potentially becoming a supplier. So those are the kinds of things, you know, the student experience is extremely important. And so how do we make students feel more comfortable during their time here? Um, and then how do we continue to make them feel like they're supported from a career perspective? So, you know, how do we certainly for the, uh, the career clubs play a very significant role in helping students to be successful in their recruiting process. Uh, and that's also a different process for everybody. In particular, international students have a different journey through the recruiting process than a lot of other students. And so we've been working with the clubs to uh, be more targeted in how do I take how do I understand the specific needs of the international students who want to go into consulting or into banking or into tech? And how do I tailor my offering that also provides them with the support they need and sets them down a path towards success? So, so those have been priorities for us going into this year. Well, that's a pretty ambitious uh, agenda. Lots of different spokes to it, for sure. Um, I've been very impressed by the way that the school uh, has really built resources to support international students here. Um, we know from our conversations with prospective students uh, that um, when many of our international students, as they were going through the, the business school research process, um, might have been nervous about coming to the United States. Uh, the perception of the U.S. abroad, uh, it's challenging right now. And um, Charlottesville is unknown to them. Um, you know, they, they may just know what they, they've learned from the news or the Internet research that they've done. And so having current students that are engaged, uh, interested in supporting the students who are here, mm -hmm. uh, that matters a great deal. Uh, but people like Larry Mueller and Denise Carioli and Sarah Wilcox Elliott and her team, uh, they do a tremendous job in, in, in making all of the students feel welcome and supported. And obviously, DSA plays a really, really important role, too. Yeah, absolutely. Very important to us. Um, you know, the, the community here is everybody. It's, uh, it's international students. It's the partners of students. It's, um, it's everybody who's here and we want them to feel welcome. We want them to get everything out of this experience. You know, that, that's what keeps me up late at night is, is there somebody who's really having a bad time? Uh, if that's happening, we've got to change something so that that doesn't happen for anybody. Yeah, we had the DPA on as uh, one of our, our first episodes. Um, fortunate to have had the opportunity to work with some Darden partners uh, in, in admissions. And just, you know, hearing about that organization and everything that they do, um, obviously for people who are relocating to Charlottesville with a partner, there are a lot of questions around finding a job and what will the community be like because uh, it is a you know smaller city. Um, but DPA does a great job. And it, I was really struck by their comments around how inclusive the community is uh, for, for partners as well. Without a doubt. Uh, so I'm actually, in the end, my wife did come with me to Charlottesville, and uh, the DPA has been extremely supportive to her. And not just the DPA, but the students in general. You know, when we go to events, it's not like they're looking at her like she's some foreign creature. She's a part of this community that, you know, I think many of her best friends here at Darden are other students. Um, and so that's just the mentality that we bring to uh, to everybody that's a part of our community. Uh, my, you know, I can't think of a single event that she wouldn't be invited to that the students are putting together. It's a, 
It's great. It's a good place to be. And, and Charlottesville is a wonderful place to be with a spouse because it is such a beautiful place to live. Uh, there's such great energy. You know, it's kind of very, it's very cosmopolitan, I think, in part influenced by the fact that University of Virginia is here. But it's, it's situated in this sort of really beautiful, rustic, historical community that, uh, you know, has all these, you know, beautiful natural resources around it with the mountains and the vineyards and, uh, we had always wanted to be in Charlottesville, actually, just to you know spend a vacation, uh, and and now we got to spend a two year vacation in a manner of speaking. Um, you know, Darden's not always doesn't always feel like a vacation, but we get to spend a lot of time here uh, and and take advantage of everything that the city has to offer. So uh, we talked about your leadership uh, responsibilities here in, in the second year. Let's talk about academics mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, what classes are you excited about? Um, you know, how did you choose to sort of plot, plot the academic course of your second year? Yeah, so interesting because w- when we start registering for second year classes, we think about what's the whole year going to look like and what are all the courses that I'm interested in. Um, and some very serious decision-making goes in. You know, what matters to me? Um, because you've gone through the core, you've gotten that well-rounded education. You can go anywhere from there. You could really focus and specialize and take a whole bunch of finance courses. You could do anything. So for me, the things that I was really interested in was I really wanted to continue to get a well-rounded education, wanted to make sure I had some strong quantitative classes, continue to build on that base with finance and operations that I had gotten in the core. So I took some great classes this past quarter. Uh, Valuations is a very popular course related to um, finance here. And I'm taking an operations strategy course right now with uh, Professor Tim Lasseter, who's also a partner at um, Strategy and I think. And he, it, that class has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, I, I did work on operations strategy over the summer, so it's been very relevant to the work that I've done. And I think some of the work that I will continue to do in my future career. Um, and it's, it's just, it's highly, highly relevant. Uh, you know, I can see myself applying those frameworks. So, so those have been great. Uh, I mentioned as well just an interest and excitement about the ethics curriculum at Darden. And uh, one of the classes I'm most excited about is a class called Ultimate Questions, which is taught by uh, Andy Wicks, who's a, a distinguished professor of ethics here at Darden uh, as well. And that quest- that class really dives into what are the, you know, what are the ultimate questions of, you know, life, happiness, morality that I need to answer to help me understand what's the life I really want to live and lead. Um, and I think it's so important to ask those questions and to come up with an understanding of what are the things that really matter to you and what do you value? Because otherwise, I think you run the risk of rationalizing the wrong decisions in the heat of the moment. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that class as helping me to build the foundation for good decision making that meets what I define as good for me and uh, and my view of the world and a good life. Um, as I move into a future, which is going to be increasingly more complex. Um, so that is, is high on my list. And then Dean Beardsley, the dean of the, uh, the entire school, uh, he teaches in uh, third and fourth quarter a seminar on um, strategy, business strategy. And he's bringing in a number of guest speakers. So Dean Beardsley, of course, was a former McKinsey partner. And so he's bringing in some of his colleagues uh, former colleagues to teach in that class. And we're going to have a real discussion around strategic decision-making um, that I think is going to be extremely interesting because it'll be informed by his practical real-world experience. So I'm very excited for that. Um, 
And I think the last thing I would say is that I've been in a number of reading seminars, which are very popular here in the second year. And these are courses where it's a little different from the standard case method. Rather than reading, you know, a case that may be 10 to 20 pages long, every week we're reading a book about, a, in this case, these are in management. So we're reading about business leaders. Um, there are some other subject matter reading seminars, but this one was about business leaders. And, uh, you know, we've read about Andrew Carnegie. We've read about um, Elizabeth Holmes, perhaps somebody you don't want to emulate. Um, we've read about Warren Buffett and looked at, okay, in understanding the life and the careers and the success of each of these individuals, what are the lessons that I can take away from their experiences that then will help me to be more successful as a leader, as a manager, as a uh, uh, somebody who's driving my future career and life? Um, all really important questions. So. Uh, what's cool about those is that it's a, it, rather than being a, a large class with you know thirty to sixty people in it, it's twelve people in a room, and it's taught by um, two alumni of the Darden School, and it's it's very much a conversation. It gets very deep, um, and there's a lot of participation and there's a lot of reflection, um, and so I think those classes have been extremely valuable to me. A lot of depth to the classes that you're taking, uh, certainly. Andy Wick's class, Ultimate Questions, the uh, the reading seminar you mentioned. Um, I was also struck by the fact uh, that there's both sort of a professional driver on on much of what what you're taking, but also there's just this sort of curiosity, this intellectual uh, component. These are things that I've always been interested in, passionate about, and, and there's there's opportunity to do both things. Mm-hmm. Um, we get so many questions from prospective students about specialization and and really concentrating. And I've been struck by you know just talking with second year students about the sort of extent to which. There's some of that, but there's also just obviously, you know, people love being in school. That's a common thread for a lot of a lot of Darden students is they're very passionate um, learners, and so the second year is an opportunity for expression of that. Yes, I agree with that. It, the, there's really, a, you know, a, you can you can sense a desire for lifelong learning in the halls at Darden. And, uh, you know, there, there are courses that, you know, I, I'm taking a class on managerial tax, uh, you know, ta- making decisions about taxes. That is not something that I thought I would have been interested in coming in, but it looks like a really interesting course and I just want to learn more about it. So I think that's right. There's, there's a lot of just raw intellectual curiosity here. So, Max, we asked the same last question of, of all of our guests. Um, what's one uh, piece of advice you would share with prospective students, uh, something that either you thought would have been helpful to know or you know, one thing that you found helpful as you navigated the prospective student process, uh, something they should know about Darden? What's, what's a piece of advice you would share? I think the most important thing as you're going through the uh, evaluation process of which school is right for you is developing a strong understanding of what makes this place different from the other schools that I'm looking at. You know, I think it's easy to come into the process looking at rankings and seeing like what it's, what's clustered around what group or or another group, but at the end of the day Comparable schools on some of those rankings are very different in a lot of ways um, in what defines them and what defines the people who choose to be there. And so look for a place where you feel like you have a connection, um, where you feel like the offering that that school provides is aligned with your career and personal objectives. Um, I felt that way in the admissions process with Darden. There was a moment where I said – I have to go here. This is where I – and, you know, it may not be as clear to everybody in the process, but I think having that focus on what fits with where I want to go um, and what are the real – what distinguishes this program and its offering and how does that work for me are the most important things to making it 
make sense for your future. And, and once you have that enthusiasm, once you know what those things are, people are going to see it. You know, it'll be genuine. Well, Max, thank you uh, for taking time out of a, out of a busy Thursday uh, to talk talk with us. Uh, it's it's great hearing your perspective on everything. Thank you for being so generous with your time and your perspective. Thanks for having me on, Brett. It's been a lot of fun. And that was my conversation with Max Linden, a second year student in our class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden at Virginia. Until next time, thanks for listening.